The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. It's yet again another unprepared episode. Oh um, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened to you this week? It's been so long since I've seen you. It's been all of seven days minus two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so almost seven days. Almost seven days. Yeah, we can say seven days. Uh, what happened this week? I finished a mix, but didn't get the job. You did a spec mix? Yeah. Oh, that's shitty. Can we yeah. tell? Can we tell the name of the band so that I don't know can... what the name of the band was. I know the song was like part of me, mm. and uh, that the guitars were like MIDI guitars. Ooh, yeah. what the hell kind of project was that? I don't know. It sounded okay when I heard the demos. Like it sounded like a proper uh, band, and he gave the amp signal anyway. So, so, so he it, like it could have maybe even been just over quantized guitars, maybe. But like, uh. well, like the DI was just like dead on time, and it's just you know one of those pro- kind of projects. Yeah. Um, I didn't even listen to the bass DI because I, I heard the amped signal, and I was just like, you know what? That that's got enough of everything that I would need out of a bass anyway. Sure. So I don't need the DI. Muted that. Um. Fair amount of synths. I had to do a lot of work on the synths, though, like to a make pop them. Song? Uh, no, it's like a indie rock or something. Uh, I, I would say it's a metalcore song, but metalcore is becoming more synthy. That's right, poppy. And what's the name of that band? That that really popular band that's got a lot of synths in their metal. Um, Attack Attack, I think, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Enter Shikari was. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I people. Um, when I was introduced to them, I was introduced to this day. This is a metal band. And all I could think of is, no, this is 80s pop with 80s guitars and a little bit of screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the, the a very particular part of the metal scene mm-hmm. accepted them. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I won't disparage it as... I... I draw lines on for my own self. Whenever people say something is heavy, I, I don't even know what that word means I, anymore. It, it 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 has no meaning because things that people say are heavy just don't sound heavy to me. Yeah, you know, like I've 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 heard and and a lot of metal guys will argue to death with this. I've heard just as heavy things come out of Bon Jovi in the eighties <laughs> as I've heard in today's metal scene. Now, that's certainly not encompassing the entire metal scene, but so much of what people call metal these mm-hmm. days is just no different than loud guitars and loud drums plus screaming. You know, and that's, you know, minus the screaming, that's been some people for in the metal scene decades. Yeah. 
then there's the the group that doesn't want to move away from like the 80s (laughs) (laughs) some people will always love hair rock (laughs) well it's not necessarily hair rock there's just a lot of people who are like oh it's all about metallica and those kind of bands the thrash you talking about fans or players players all right like some of them are younger than me and like they just don't want to play anything but thrash metal or whatever i can see the appeal it's easy to play it's yeah it's um but they'll pretend that it's not yeah yeah it's just it's really all it is is it's sloppy punk and screaming i guess yeah although a lot of punk was pretty sloppy too so well, that that was like the thing that made punk rock punk rock was being <laughs> sloppy. But then Jimmy Page was pretty sloppy too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and he was neither punk nor metal yeah. nor thrash. Anyway, the synths I had to put through a pitch shifter. What? That was fun. Why? Because they were uh, out of the, tune. Nope, they weren't out of tune. It's just you wanted to make them out of tune. They hanged out at the same place as the vocals oh i gotcha so you like so change them to like i paralleled a, a pitch shift to just add harmonic harmonics to the thing right and cool i think i did an octave but it was really weird because mm. if when i entered in one octave in the the pitch shifter it sounded sounded all right but it was just way too high yeah. So then I did 0. 0.5 octave or something like that, and they just sound fine. Hmm. Cool. Maybe I was just playing tricks with my head, though. But <laughs> so I why, just kept it there. <laughs> why do you think you didn't get the gig? Um, I, I can't say for sure for me. Um, this was on a web forum. I was competing with, like, probably 10 other people. Okay. And uh, the thing he said was he was um, he decided that he was going to just stick with his original mix. So I think he fell in love with his rough, right? <clears throat> um, but he had listened to all of them and he had uh, made claims that he liked the darker mixes, which I believe mine was probably one of the darker mixes because I did put a lot of emphasis on creating a a lot of low end hmm. to the point where I had to then cut like 30 Hertz because 30 Hertz was causing me a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to hide the, uh, the symbols that he gave. He gave like MIDI, uh, for drums, but I didn't use them. I just used whatever drums he had hmm. and well, his symbols kind of sucked. So, put some distortion and a lot of reverb on the cymbals to try and bury them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But make them still sound like they're there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Actually, that that whole track has a lot of distortion in general. I distorted the vocal because it was like heavily auto-tuned. Mm. So I what had to... Of, what did you use for distortion on the vocal? So I, I had the same conversation with someone yesterday. Um what did you what did you use for distortion on this guy's vocal? Uh, I used a few things. I, I did a parallel eleven seventy six, oh. all buttons in, crank everything. Always a nice touch. Yeah. Um and then just had that super low in the mix. 
Um, but that's just a, a, a trick I do in general, and mm. it doesn't really matter what compressor you use. But because I knew I was going to distort the vocal, I decided to use a, a compressor that I knew would distort nicely. Yeah. So I used an 1176 for that. Uh, and then I also... I was just trying out some freeware stuff, and there was a distortion plugin. I tried that. Do you remember the company? Um, I know that it was like called DD Distortion. I don't remember what the DD stands for. Fair enough. But I just went on like a list that was like top ten plugins for 2017 or something like that, and I <laughs> went through it and saw. A few that I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give that a shot, especially right. since it comes with everything, because hmm. there's bound to be at least a thing in there that's useful, probably. Probably. <laughs> well, they had well, like flangers and stuff like that and, I, and a chorus, and hmm. I wanted... Melda? I, was it Melda Productions? It might have been. But I also hmm. downloaded a, a freeware uh, tube compressor. Hmm. Um, it, it doesn't directly emulate, but it tries to simu simulate uh, both a 670 as well as a, a Neve 1088, I think. Okay. And that was pretty cool. I put that on the two bus. Sweet. But it uh, it doesn't, it's not transparent at all. It's, <laughs> which is kind of what I like about a lot of compressors and stuff is just... The lack of transparency. Right. I don't want a transparent compressor. I only need one of those. I um I've been on the hunt because I have a lot of transparent compressors downstairs, right? Mm -hmm. Um and I've been on the hunt for this that last piece that's very much not transparent. Um something very vibey. And I almost pulled the trigger on an LA two A. <laughs> The moment of weakness <laughs> took a long time to talk myself out of it. <laughs> that would have been, uh, and, and but then I think the thing that that sold me on not buying it was all the talk about how clean and transparent they sound. They have a little bit of tube vibiness and a little bit of darkening of the top end, but otherwise relatively clean unless you drive it pretty hard. It's been my experience with the emulations of an LA-2As that they're pretty clean. Yeah. Which is probably why I don't care for them. That's fair. Yeah. That's probably why you, you prefer the 3A. Yeah. Yeah. That thing's dark and... Mm. Have you ever tried a, uh, an LA-4A? No. Mm. No one makes emulations of it, and I'm not willing to buy an LA-4A. So one of the things that um, I sold... I had a pair really early days of the studio... And, um, and I, I had trouble making them work. So I ended up selling them to a guy that would end up fixing them. Um, and, uh, when he was really excited to get them because he would say they're really, really dark. Hmm. Um, so much so that they, they become the perfect thing for bass guitar because they just naturally darken up the top end and, um, and make this nice punchy, opto compression on the bass huh yeah and and of course as soon as i got as, as soon as i started started getting really into the analog stuff really regretted selling them <laughs> yeah. 
I've always felt that the LA3A was like perfect for bass, and thus mm. it's been my go-to for bass guitar. Is just put it through an LA3A. Isn't it? Isn't it your go-to for a lot of things? Um. Yeah. Which, which bass and sometimes guitar if I'm going for a darker vibe, mm. like a darker tone right. um, from guitar. Which um, which uh, plugin do you use? Uh, the Universal Audio. Oh yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was the one you used or a different one. No, just the Universal Audio one. I don't have any <coughs> other ones. I used to have the Wave ones, but I, mm. I guess I, I technically still own the Waves ones, but haven't bothered reinstalling them. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, <clears throat> I've been getting annoyed with a lot of the software companies though, um, because I I've been slowly reinstalling some of the discs that I have, and right there's a piano uh, VSTi that I have and I tried to install it but it wouldn't let me install like the last 1% or whatever for whatever reason that's weird because your computer's too new maybe <clears throat> maybe it could be the OS but it would it seems weird to me that it would install everything up until like the last part mm. and then at that point it just stays at like 99% for right however long it takes me to close it hmm. which I, I waited like several days <laughs> what? i just did That's other things up. while yeah. i was waiting for it just to see if it would because it, it was updating so right. i was just wondering if like maybe it just doesn't have a connection waiting to reconnect or something yeah but then i gave up on that and i went on their website it's uh synthology it's the ivory twos oh yeah or whatever yeah um I was looking to see if I could find a download link to install. And then I found out that, oh, you own it, but in order to get a download link, you have to pay us a small fee, is what, or a nominal fee is what they say. So I don't even know if it's small, but it's just like I paid $300 for a piano. And now you have to pay to actually install it. Yeah, like an, an additional fee. To it's not it. a cheap plugin, and no. then you're asking me to pay you more money just to have a download link. Like that's stupid. Yeah, that's pretty messed up, man. So I gave up. Like the moment I saw that, I was just like, okay, whatever. There's great freaking pianos all over the mm -hmm. place. I can. It's not a big deal. I don't have to use the big fancy one. Right. That has a Steinway in it that I've paid too much money for. <laughs> yeah. I've been going back a lot to um, to the uh, the Roland keyboard that I have mm -hmm. and using its uh, its samples, sample based, sample banks, um, and just running MIDI. Like once I have the performance corrected, just running that back into the Roland and then recording the audio out of that. Mm. Have That's you seen the new Rollins? I've not. What about uh, Roland just released like a new series of, um, uh, I guess you could call them digital pianos. Okay. And it is really weird because like the ones that are like supposed to be like, this is, looks like a piano kind of thing. And it even feels like a real piano. Like they did something to the keys to make the, the keys feel like they're responding to hammers and stuff. It's really strange. Interesting. But 
what is also interesting about it is like if you hit the the, the three pedals that a piano has like mm-hmm. really hard you can hear like resonance like it actually emulates yeah. that you hit things hard and like you shook the cabinet and thus all the strings are ringing that's very cool yeah um gp609 yeah the gp or the lz7 is one they cost an arm and a leg i imagine (laughs) although long mcquade is doing a uh, 36 months uh interest-free financing on them very cool yeah oh let's turn that off before it rings um but i'm very impressed because it's like as close as you can get to a real piano without actually getting to a real piano although the prices is like getting there in terms of like you could probably just buy a real piano (laughs) but you don't have the hassle of having to tune it yeah well that's the thing though it's 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 never going to be a real piano no right but it's so close it's it is there's been a lot of people who have like said like oh i only play acoustic pianos and then they play these and they're like wow Hmm. so so they have they don't have the g uh long mcquade doesn't have the gp 609 on the on the um uh on the website, but they do have the 607 and they won't list the price. It says call for pricing. Uh, and yet two stores in Alberta have stock. I'm assuming that's one of you guys. Yeah, we have like pretty much almost the entire line. Interesting. Oh, it's Bluetooth compatible. Yeah, I don't care about that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um oh yeah. Speaking of plugins, Sound Toys. Are you a Sound Toys fan at all? I like their delay. And then I heard a sample of their plate reverb and I want it. I, I just have, don't want to pay the money for it. I have their uh, they're doing a fifty percent off um on upgrades right now. Have sound toys stuff so but you said you you well except for the delay okay that's not an upgrade that's that's fair but you can upgrade they they also have all their all their um, individual products um on uh on sale um okay like the echo boy is which is the the, yeah um it's on sale for 50 bucks oh that's not bad they're uh you say it's the plate they have the they have the little plate on sale for fifty bucks, and the where's the big plate? Da-ba-da. Where's the big plate? Son of a gun! Did they lose the big plate? Did I miss it? Uh, or maybe they only have the one plate. I thought they had two. Anyway, they have the little plate on for fifty bucks, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's delightful. I really enjoy it. I I th- that is a crazy sounding plate like it almost sounds like a real plate reverb (laughs) um so i have i think i have 
nine of their plugins, maybe eight of them. And they've offered, they've, because they're doing this upgrade thing, they've offered me an upgrade price to the full package, all of the plugins, mm -hmm. all the latest editions for 105 bucks. Oh, right. That is good. I, I know. I know. And, and regular price, regular price for the, the complete package is 500. Yeah. So I'm, I've, I'm really, I'm really toying with it. The sale, um, the offer ends April 5th. So it's like, I think that's Thursday, right? Hmm. Um, Damn. So I, I have to make up my mind on it, but. That means I can't afford any of these that are on, on sale then. Cause I have to wait till the sixth. Oh yeah. If I'm going to make a purchase. But one of the coolest things, one of the coolest things about these guys is I wish they had, I wish they had a, like an actual compressor plugin because they have the, uh, they have the devil lock, which is kind of a compressor slash, excuse my slurring today, compressor slash, um, uh, clipper or more like drum destroyer, but, okay. uh, um, they don't actually have a compressor in this whole thing. Um, I don't understand why people like clippers. Well, it's, it's, it's adding that distortion, right? I listened to, I had a client yesterday morning. Yeah, but you can make a clipper by just going infinity to one and then. Yeah, but it, all sorts of different distortions. <laughs> so I had a client yesterday, um, uh, an American kid moved up to Canada. Um, no, sorry. A Canadian kid moved to the U S and grew now he's up, back. grew up in the U S but didn't get a citizenship, mm. spent six years, spent six years in the juvenile system uh, and real jail. Okay. Um, uh, and then got deported <laughs> at like age 24, 25. Right. Okay. Anyway, he's figured his life out. He, he, he's trying to take, while he's working a day job, he's trying to take this whole hip hop thing seriously. And he's one of the, he's one of the better, like he's got his head on straight about the thing. Right. Doesn't and so, invite all his friends to doesn't steal invite your chocolates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he comes in yesterday morning and one of the things he's struggling with is he, he'd started off by doing what everybody does, just downloading something off YouTube illegally. Right. Yep. But after a conversation that he and I had, I don't know, maybe six months ago, he started looking into the legalities of things and, and what he can do, what he, what he can't do. And, and so yeah, if we want to take it seriously. You should, we spent two hours yesterday looking at different, um, websites and sampling some of their beats. Cause he wants to find replacement beats that he can legally buy and have the license for yeah. and on and on and on. And we ended up finding one, but so much of the, so much of the stuff that we listened to, had just crazy amounts of distortion on the drums. Um, well, that that's the thing going on in hip hop right now. I I find is mm -hmm. that distorting drums, uh, pretty much distorting everything, is. And that's why, that's why having like these guys have. We're gonna, let me. I'm going to count this because. So they have the decapitator, mm -hmm. which is people say it's one of the best distortion units out there. Um, they have the little altar boy, which has a tube drive, heavy distortion, um, uh, function in it. Mm -hmm. Um, they have the devil lock deluxe, which is a compressor slash drum destroyer. 
um, heavy distortion unit. You can use it on obviously on, on anything. They have the radiator, which is uh, a tube driver. It's a lot of distortion. And then they have then they have junior versions of their. Uh, <clears throat> uh, they have the little radiator, um, which I really like. I, I own that one. And they have um, the Devilock Junior or whatever, which is again. You know, that's five different distortion units out of their 21 plugins, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a company that I've been interested in getting some of their stuff. Um, I just can't remember what they're called, but I got a free EQ from them. Overloud, that's the company. Overloud. Overloud, yeah. Uh, they have a, a distortion plugin that I'm kind of interested in. I think it's trying to emulate the Culture Vulture. Oh, okay. I don't um, know much about the Culture Vulture other than it's a really expensive distortion box. Yeah, it is. Um, is that really it, all it is? That's pretty much all it is. This is a distortion box, yes. Huh. Uh, but it has like different types of distortion and stuff. Hmm. Um, but uh, this um, Overloud, like I, I should have told you about it because it, it's no longer free, um, <laughs> right? They had a, a promo for their. They just released a, an API five fifty, but they they put their own twist on it, and it's uh, it it's a, a five fifty. EQ, but it's not stepped, so oh, okay. you can go in between. Is that this EQ five hundred and fifty? Yeah, yeah. But then it also allows you to control harmonic distortion in certain bands. Oh, cool! Which I thought was kind of cool. Mm. And you can even turn off the harmonic distortion if you just want to use it as an EQ. Right. Like I, I, I just based on the look of it, you can, you can, um, you can solo individual bands too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool EQ, and I had a lot of fun playing with it. Mm. And I own it now because I got the free version, and I should have <laughs> told you about it. Uh, That's but okay. the Sculpt Tube is something I'm interested in. There's, sculpt I just tube. don't want to pay. It's 120 a, pounds for it. Yeah, it's a cool looking. It's a cool looking plugin. Um, it'd be cool to have in the rack. Yeah, but I, they yeah. don't make an actual rack unit of no, this. I, I, I realize that. <laughs> hey, so one of the uh, one of the options I've been looking at for color yep. for for a rack unit is there's a there's a preamp um, by a now defunct company that that has all of the characteristics of what I I like in a in a color box in a basically a distortion box, mm -hmm. but it, it it's just it's a tube preamp that is, um, it's got high headroom, so it doesn't really distort, but it has all sorts of, of tubey color throughout the range of gain staging that you can do. <clears throat> and I keep debating with myself, how worthwhile is it to just have, just have a box that does nothing other than create color? create that kind of to be saturation hmm. um i don't know 
I know yeah. that my controller that I'm getting, my monitor controller. Oh yeah, yeah. Summing box as well. It's we, only stereo we summing box. Talked about that though. Whatever. We're talking about practically summing, but you're just talking about tube summing essentially. Um, well, the, the unit I'm looking at isn't even summing. It's just a, it's just a saturate. It, it, it's it's just a preamp, like a single channel preamp, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and summing isn't just isn't just running a stereo mix through something. That's not summing. Well, I know it's not right. But you, the box that you're getting, the Satori, is actually an eight channel in summing box. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. So it's not just stereo summing. It's you can run for stereo. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, that's probably all I'll use it for is stereo summing. But that's not summing. If you're just running a stereo input into it and then a stereo input or a stereo output out of it, that's not summing. That's just, that's just running a line level signal through something. That's not summing at all. Whatever. James. Summing, su- summing is, I'm, I'm, doubt- I'm going to attack you on this. I'm doubtful I, that I I'll ever you use to that. Know it. I expect you to know this. Whatever. <laughs> Summing is actually mixing signals together. I know what summing is. But then you should know. I'm just saying that <laughs> if I were to use it, all I would probably do is just send my two bus through it. But I doubt I'll even do that. Well, um, what would be the... Uh, specific, I, I, I don't know the Satori all that well. What would be the sonic benefit of running your two bus through it? Other than, I don't think there would be any sonic monitors. Yeah, uh, okay. benefit, but... There's all these people who hear that I'm getting it and they're like, oh, you're going to use the summing box features. Like that was not even a thought in my head when I was buying this thing. <laughs> I was more concerned about the inputs and outputs. Yeah. Had a very brief conversation with Roland yesterday <clears throat> about, about bringing a summing box into this room yep. for, for mixing. Um, and that died really quick when we realized that uh, neither of us want to spend enough money to be for that to be a worthwhile endeavor and how, how much money is it realistically going to make the studio well that, that's just it yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna make the studio much of anything right yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense to spend that kind of money on a summing box mm-hmm. the fact that the thing i'm getting just has a summing box built into it is just up up a plus i don't care about it though and i'm probably never going to use it that's fair Maybe somebody else will, though. Who knows? Oh, by the way, do you know of uh, Jeremiah who's building a studio in a garage? He's building, like, uh, the building. Jeremiah? Is he doing hip-hop? Because I know a Jeremiah hip-hop producer. I don't know if he's doing hip-hop or not. I just, I bumped into this guy named Jeremiah. He's building a studio in at his place he's like building a garage and he's going to try to get 15 foot ceilings he's just trying to get the permits from the city right now for that right um and it's like voodoo labs or something is what he's calling it oh that's that's jeremiah the hip-hop guy okay yeah see he's got a website somewhere that i've seen um speaking of studio changes i heard a rumor on instagram that uh edmontone is closing down Well, yeah, it's news to me. It's not on his website, but it was definitely on his Instagram implying that he was leaving. Maybe someone's buying him out. I suppose, but he was, he was taking a plane somewhere, but then coming back for his pianos. (laughs) Oh, maybe he's moving up. 
maybe he's going to a bigger city. I, I thought that maybe because of because of his um, his time in Paris uh, with his wife's um, uh, uh, whatever that thing that she did over there, um, I, I thought maybe that was an opportunity that they were following as a family, and so he was just going to move the studio. Hmm. Maybe Emmentone will be available for you to buy out. Yeah, I doubt that it. you. Not, I don't think you have the money to do that. But no, not at all. <laughs> Someone should buy it out, though. Mm-hmm. Keep it alive. Well, he had the entire two years that he was gone. He had um, he had a couple of kids renting it from him and and using it. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep on with something like that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's another source of income. So long as. You know, these kids can... Well, he doesn't own the space, so I imagine, if, oh. especially if he's taking if he's taking his gear or most of his, at least uh, his piano collection, right? Right. Um, I would imagine that he's just kind of cutting ties with it. Probably starting over somewhere else. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, again, I couldn't find anything on his website, though, uh, about it, so... Maybe ask him directly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Doug, are you leaving? I haven't actually, I don't think I've spoken to the guy since like 2010. That's like when you started. I don't know. Yeah. It might've even been before I actually decided to open, uh, to, to build the studio. Huh. Which would have been 2009. Crazy. I still need to email Greg. Which Greg? Uh, right. Oh yeah. What do you need to email him about? Cause well, Not he's building I... a studio. So I thought I'd just you know, get oh, his great. input. Yeah. Um, uh, you should talk to Scott green too. He, um, he did the exact same thing that, that Greg is doing, um, but already gone through it. Okay. Yeah. He's got a, got a reasonable size tracking room. Um, not making, I, I don't, doesn't sound like he was going to make it as, as elaborate as your plan is, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, he's, he's got a control room, tracking ish room and then does the bigger stuff out of, out of bigger studios. He uses audio department mostly. Well, my space, I'm going to try to have it so that I don't need to go to another place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can rent it out to people who need a, a space. That's not like too much money, which I mean, no one's really charging a whole lot of money in the city anyway, but clients still complain about paying $45, $50 an hour. Clients complain about everything. <clears throat> Last night I had an interesting um, band in. So <clears throat> the uh, guitar player and the drummer, three-piece band, yep. guitar player and the drummer uh, came in to do some scratch tracks so that they'd have the basic rhythm, the basic foundation of all that stuff. Yep. Um. But they decided that because the drum, the drum takes were pretty close to what they wanted them to be, mm-hmm. um, at least uh, at least structure wise and performance wise, to stick with them? the drum. No, no, they didn't sound good enough. Like, oh, okay. like we like I really just set up, you know, kick mic, snare mic, and and a couple of overheads. Okay, so the, the toms really don't come through nicely, but um, at least in that. So we did we did all the guitars. Uh, all the guitars so that the drummer could really hear 
is the thing with drummers, right? They never get to hear what the song is really going to end up like mm-hmm. because they usually go first. So we decided that the guitar player knows exactly what he wants to play for all of the parts. Right. So regardless of what the drummer does, his parts aren't going to change. So we laid down all the guitar tracks um, and we uh, triple, triple mic'd everything. Oh no, the DI and we mic'd up two different cabinets. Okay. That's what it was. Um, and got some really great guitar tones and really mostly in time guitar performances. But finally the drummer could hear it. Um, and so last night we get the bass player in to play his parts and the drummer to come in and play his parts. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the bass player had rewritten some of his parts before he got to the studio and no one had really heard them. <laughs> so one of them, everybody reacted really quickly. You know, that one needs to be replaced. Um, we've heard it, you know, a dozen times now as he's playing it, working it out. It's not, it's just not working too busy. But the other part, which I think was the chorus, the singer reacted as in what my eyes was positively. And so I just didn't make an issue of it. You know, it sounds kind of odd, but the band's a little bit on the odd side. So if, if he's cool with it, we should be fine. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So, so the drummer, the drummer, um, plays his parts and he's really not listening to, you're getting a call too. Yeah, but I'm not answering it. Yeah, I'm, I can't answer mine on the phone, man. I'm doing a podcast. Why are you calling me? So the drummer plays his parts, but he's really not paying attention to the bass other than it's there, right? He's really focused on getting his parts down because, you know, it's making him really sweaty and loses breath because they're really aggressive. So finally finished all the drum parts. Mm-hmm. He comes back into the control room, listens to things. And we, we run through the various different parts of the song and, and he just kind of makes this face as though like, what the fuck did you guys do to this song? But did, did, this is really how it's supposed to, <laughs> anyway, his, his face, he didn't specifically look at me, but I, I caught his, like that, that look on his face and I just lost it. <laughs> one of those one of those moments where I started to giggle and it just built up to a point where I'm I I can't catch my breath because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was the, that was about the point where they had to start the conversation, right? <laughs> and the bass player ended up just leaving, and the producer left, and it was down to the drummer and the guitar player. And they're disagreeing with me that anybody had said that this part was okay. And so now we have to drag the bass player back in, replace that part. Okay. Yeah, which is not a big deal, but I'm, I'm, you know, after a five hour session between the two of them, would have figured we'd we'd uh, not have to bring someone back. Right. Catch it early. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for the guy because every, everything that, everything that he threw at the song, except for this part, someone had something to comment on. 
And no one commented on this until everything was done. We're like, yeah, we're happy. Everybody's here. Everybody's happy. Okay, let's move on. Let's go home. It's 1130 at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Clearly that story's not going anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something else on my mind that uh, I thought you would really enjoy. Where was it? Um, ah, shoot. I, uh, oh, um, no, no, I got nothing. Okay. I got nothing. What else you got? Um, what else happened in your week? We got 20 minutes left. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, should, we, should we just sit here in silence for 20 minutes? No. <laughs> what happened in my week? <clears throat> got an email back from Amesh. Okay. Because I've been asking him his opinion on, uh, or his input on the, the whole studio build, but I need to respond back to that email. What advice did he give you? Uh, he hasn't given me any advice. Oh. Uh, he said he had to think about it still. Um, and then informed me that he just started a new class at Pixel Blue. But uh, I did do some pricing out for things that... Some other things you need? I think so. Cool. Like, cables is going to be stupid. Hmm is what I figured out. Like I would have liked to get um, the super high-end Yorkville Studio Ones that come with like a unlimited lifetime warranty and they, they, they're like the super fancy ends and stuff like that. Right. But it would have cost me like near a thousand bucks for like 32, 25-footers, which I think is a fair number to have just so that I have some backup cables. Yeah. Yeah. You always want backups. So I might just go with regular Neutrix because it's like half the price. Neutrix? Yeah. Whatever. I don't pronounce things right. <laughs> I don't actually know how, how it's supposed to be pronounced. Maybe so. it's Neutrix. It doesn't matter. People know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then microphone stands. Oh my God. Because I'm going to need like a bunch. That, that's going to be like a thousand dollar. You can buy a lot of this stuff used though, right? Oh, I know. I'm just coming up with like mm. new prices, and then I know that I can get better deals on those by buying used. Right. Um, but I am thinking about buying a thousand feet of uh, XLR cable because it'll only cost me like 220 bucks. What do you, uh, what do you, I guess you could make a whole bunch of cables, right? Uh, I can make cables. Um, I'm going to have to make the snake. You, oh, really? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I, I, I want the snake to, I want like probably 24 channels for the live room, but I'll probably split those so that there's some channels that go to the ISO. And maybe some that go somewhere else. 
right. just so that I can wire something no matter where I am. Yeah. And then all of that's going to be in the floor, going to the control room, and you can't see it. I want to get in contact with, um, was it Darren at Flock Audio? Yeah. 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 We'll get in contact with him. About his, uh, I saw, there was an update on something. Uh, he did a run through on Instagram. I didn't see it because I was working when he was doing it. Mm. And I don't think Instagram saves like videos or whatever. Oh, no. I, I don't know. I don't Instagram. So But I'm thinking I'll, I'll probably get two of those if they're moderately priced. <laughs> moderately priced, right? Well, it it has to make sense to me. Right. Cuz I can buy I can probably buy four 48 point uh patch bays. But then all the cabling for that, I, I would have to still take into account. Yeah. Um, so I think if it would cost less than a thousand bucks for two of them, I think I would jump on it. And then that would save me. I'd be surprised cables. if I'd be surprised if they're less than a thousand. I don't know. I might be willing to go more than that, but. Like it, it, I have to figure out what it would be to wire, uh, mm. uh, uh, I don't know, three or four 48 point versus just having two 64 point DB 25s. Yeah. Well, it was, um, when we wired up the console downstairs, now I didn't have to pay much for the patch bay itself. Right. Yeah, you, but all the, you trade it or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I traded the guy a guitar pedal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's probably like what, 100 or 200 point? That's 466. 466? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a lot of points. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to need more than like 124, at least to begin with. Yeah. Like maybe if I, as I get gear like more analog gear and stuff like compressors and things. And, and, and that's, that's where, but I mean, if you're, if you are using shit, if you use any type of patch bay and you, you build things slowly, right. Mm -hmm. Then it, it, it's not that expensive as long as you're building things slowly and you're shopping for proper deals and stuff. Right. Yeah. But the whole the routing system in, intrigues me of the mm -hmm. flock audio stuff and yeah not having I know to. that I can't do some of the things in a, a traditional patch bay that that application can do such as parallel um, sending and stuff that's not true well I don't want to buy the cables to do that uh, well you don't have to buy the cables to do that um, there's, there's plenty of ways to, uh, 20, plenty of ways to create a parallel signal out of something. I don't know. I, I don't know of any way to go from like, I don't know, let's say there's a chain you're building and then decide, you know, you know what, at the EQ, I want to continue with this chain, but I also want to split to another channel and do a different chain. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know of any way to do that on a traditional patch bay. That's I'm sure it exists. Um, the only way I could think of in my head is to have like a weird kind of like those synth patches that are like you have one cable, but then it has a, a coupler so that it kind of splits the signal. Yeah, that's that's one way. I mean, I mean, you, you can also do you can also do Y cables, right? Those are easy to make, I suppose. Um, you can get um, lots of matrix arrays will help you do the same thing. Um, I, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of devices these days are coming with parallel outputs, mm. right? So the de- de- the device itself has two outputs already. Okay, well, right. I'm still attractive yeah. to the, oh, the I, patch I'm, because I'm not, of I'm not like, disparaging it at all, right? Like I, yeah, I think it's a it, fantastic thing. It makes like thing. everything simple. Like yeah. it, it looks like I don't have to worry about normaling and half normaling mm-hmm. things. I, I just plug in, tell it what's what, and then I can send to wherever I need to send. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I hope it, it still has a, a way to set it so that it is normal to whatever for certain signals going in and it just automatically goes out. I would imagine that's part of the, that's just part of the setup, right? Yeah. Like your, your initial setup, you would, you would say, I want these channels to to normal uh, to output one. Yeah. 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 I I would imagine that's, that's pretty, uh, uh, that would be built in for sure. I would hope so. Mm -hmm. That's like basic patch bay functions. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was one of her but i don't know like the whole thing just seems to make all of that stuff simpler and yeah. that's why i'm interested in it for sure and it seems to go with like what i seem to be uh gravitating towards in terms of like mm. what the studio is well and and, and i think i think one of the things that's going to save you is if you can get in on the early brunt of purchases is that he keeps talking about having, um, an early bird, uh, discount early bird discount, right? Yeah. 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 Really exciting. Super exciting that this is coming out of Edmondson too. Oh yeah. And you can have, he's got a button on the, on the webpage that says, tell me about, um, tell me when pre-orders are available. So you can I, I'm subscribed to, to his uh, mailing list, mm. so there I get on, emails so. like all the time saying, "Hey, we're doing this." Oh, do you? Or I've gotten two emails from him, hmm. or from Flock Audio. Yeah, the last one was March 23rd. All right. What did it say? Um, community update. Uh, last tweet, repeat. Instagram live event. Oh yeah, this is where hmm. I read about that. Right. Um. And then talked about pre-orders a little bit, um, but it didn't really give a date. Yeah. It, it's a lot of the same stuff that their website's been saying for a little bit, but he did say on Instagram that he was, like, March 29th, they were going to have a, a live event of, like, just showing right. how it goes and having a QA. Uh, yeah, a live walkthrough and QA on the Sweet. 29th and I went on Instagram trying to find that but I I don't know it, I wasn't able to find anything um, but mind you I wasn't like logged in or anything so maybe yeah. it's 
I have to have an account to see it. Because I would, I would, I would love to actually see that. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially since I'm. You're so excited about it. Well, I'm, like it just sounds like a perfect fit for the studio. Mm-hmm. It, it'll make patching pat. It'll make the patch bay process a lot easier, and it would be right. less. Um, it'll be easier for, like, say, Mary, who doesn't have any experience in audio, to just show people, like, here's how this patch bay works. I'm sure you understand it more than me. It's super simple. Connect this to this on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, like, oh, here's a bunch of cables. Make sure you do this properly. Because <laughs> otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there would be a lot of people using the studio who don't know how a patch bay works where like the outputs are on top, the inputs are in the bottom. And most people that, um, that come through to rent the studio, they don't understand the patch bay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't, they don't use patch bays. Yeah. Yeah. Most, well, like that's most home studios a thing that a lot of up and coming guys, they just don't know how to use a patch bay cause they've yeah. never had to use a patch bay. Yeah. And so they've, yeah. And then there's some people who build patch bays backwards and put inputs on the top and outputs on the bottom, which confuses people who use patch bays a lot. Inputs are on the top. No. In your standard patch bay, it's outputs on the top, inputs on the bottom. Well, then I clearly built mine backwards. Because <laughs> when you normal it, it like goes down or something like that. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So I think you're, um, I think you're talking about something a little different. So I, okay. So, or is it from, half normal from I my, always, yeah, from, from when, when you're half normaling something, the break point is always at the top. So in, in, in the case of connecting to and from the converter, mm-hmm. I have one patch bay that is the output from the console and the input to the converter, then a second patch bay, which is the output from the converter and the input to the console, right? On on the stereo loop or right. on the insert loop. And okay. so the outputs from the console and the outputs from the from the converter are on the top. And they stay connected until you actually connect to the bottom. Because that's where your breakpoint is on a half normaled patch bay. Right. So the moment I plug into the bottom row, the connection top to bottom is broken, which is what you want um, in, a, in a system like that. But when you're connecting, when you're connecting a piece of equipment, say an EQ, the input to that EQ and the output to that EQ are likely on the same on the same patch bay. Mm-hmm. So you don't want normaling, right? But the standard is the input is the top row and the output is the bottom row for that piece of equipment. But there's no normaling. So if you're talking about about going in and out of a specific piece of equipment, that's one thing. But if you're talking about um, connecting something where you want it normaled, then, then that's the right way to go. Because I want to be able to the way I have the console and the converter set up is I want to be able to take a copy of my snare drum, for example, out of the send, still have the snare drum connect directly to the, to the converter and thus the DAW record that dry, Mm -hmm. then run that copy 
out of the send into say an EQ and a compressor, smash the crap out of it, and then run it back in on a new on a new channel. Yeah. Right. So it it, it really depends on what you need normaled. I know I've watched like a bunch of videos on it. I just, I thought it was outputs were on the top and then inputs were on the bottom or, or vice versa. I thought it was backwards from like normal audio gear. Typically. In like most studios. Fair enough. Fair enough. Every, every patch bay I've worked on is, um, is set up the way I have mine. Hmm. Um, where the piece of gear the input of the piece of gear is on top. The output of the piece of gear is on the bottom, unless it's a signal flow thing where coming out of the console into the converter, then coming out of the converter and back into the console. Right. And, and, and well, that, I thought and, it was like outputs on top. Cause then you can well, and, 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 go from that. And, and then and so, so you can have a parallel signal. That's that where you're, that's where you're right. That, that's that's correct. So okay. the output of the console. Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of videos the, yeah. on it, and they, they were saying like how how I wire my patch base is just outputs on top, no matter what, and then I just push the button as to if it's normal or half normal or whatever the patch bay needs to make it normal or half normal. Right. And and in a in a simple in a simple patch bay situation, I would I would agree with that. But in a complicated patch bay situation like mine downstairs, where I have 370 some um uh points points that are actually wired up and used on a regular basis then then you need that hmm. you, you, you you need to you need to be adaptive to it yeah, yeah. well i'm thinking start with 124 points <sighs> i don't think i'm going to use all that at first 124 128 because 64 oh yeah 128 sorry yeah um, has there has there been any any indication of 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 a maximum channel count for this system uh eight units can be linked together oh that's nothing that's two 256 what? 256 points maximum if That'd you can be only four units wouldn't it no. Oh, okay. So you're, yeah, you're. Because there's gotcha. 64 points a, a piece. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So like, that makes sense. Um, 64 times that's 512 yeah. points. Sorry, I, I I was thinking each each unit is 32, but each unit is 64. So that's my bad. Yeah. 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 So the maximum is 512 points. Although maybe that'll change in the future where that like you can expand even further. Yeah. Five hundred twelve is a lot. That's a lot. There's there's very few there's very few places in the world that need that more have than more that. than that. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there are some, but not a lot. I don't see myself ever needing more than that. I don't you even would, see myself getting to that. I think if you, if you don't have a console, I don't see there any being any reason I'm to I'm not that, right? going to get a console unless it's uh, uh, doubles as a DAW controller and. And has all the preamps and stuff. Right. So that's fair. Yeah. But I know that that console will cost me like a quarter of a million dollars at least. <laughs> so I don't see myself owning uh, such a console. All right. Well, Joey's got big plans. I do. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about them more next week. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see you. We might forget. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.